What's going on? Welcome to episode number 757 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, August the 6th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean, and you can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. Of course, please make sure you're checking out all of the Locked On Podcast Network offerings. Toronto Blue Jays fans, Toronto sports fans may want to check out the most recent Locked On MLB prospects with Aram Layton, as Aram had Griffin Conine, one of the Blue Jays top prospects on the podcast to talk about hitting his swing transformations all that cool stuff I highly recommend you go and check that out all right on today's show we are talking about a uh, rather boring game against the Orlando Magic but we will make it so it is a not boring podcast I promise it'll be fun uh we're going to talk about the win the 109-99 win over the Magic to move to 3-0 for the Raptors in the Disney bubble as they uh, inch closer to 50 wins and inch closer to locking up the two seed in the Eastern Conference. A win against the Boston Celtics on Friday will clinch that. I am looking forward to that game very, very much. But first, we should talk about the game against the Magic. Uh, We'll dive into the sort of use of the bench in this one. I thought that was kind of the biggest story of this one and the most interesting thing to come out of it, honestly. This game did not have a whole lot of juice, but uh, we will get to that. We will talk uh, in depth about the uh, the bench and sort of their sort of response after a pretty tough start to the bubble. Maybe not so great. I don't know. It's very weird. We'll get it all into that. Also going to hear from Nick Nurse, who spoke obviously last night after the game via Zoom. So we'll play some of his media availability, and then we'll wrap things up with some odd, odds and ends and notes on the game itself. We'll hit on Marcus Gasol. We'll hit on Kyle Lowry, who got himself in a bit of trouble last night and I think rightfully so it was sort of a rare moment of Kyle Lowry stepping over the line when he fouled Aaron Gordon and caused him to get hurt uh, so we'll talk about that uh, OG Ananobi was awesome in this one as well so we will round it out with some box score notes but first let's dive into that bench you know the bench was the story so far of the bubble, if you're looking for negative stories at least, I mean the story of the bubble so far is the Raptors kick ass and people are finally recognizing it, but you know, the in terms of the Raptors, in terms of things that you're looking for and maybe things you're getting worried about if you're trying to dive into those deep Raptors instincts, Raptors fan instincts of finding things to fret over, it was the bench. You know, Norm Powell, pretty ragged start in his first two games, not hitting around the rim. Serge Ibaka's defense, while his offense in the second game was just fine, his defense was pretty scattershot and you know those guys are important obviously and even beyond those two who you think are probably likely to figure things out Abak has been amazing this season probably the best season of his career same with Norm Norm's been lights out all season long and maybe it's not fair to expect him to be the 50 40 85 player he's been all year but I think the growth he's made in terms of finishing around the rim his repertoire around the basket has gotten to the point where I don't expect him to miss bunnies very often going forward, and so I think he'll figure that side of things out. 
But the bench, you know, 8 through 12 or whatever is very much a question mark right now. You've got Patrick McCaw, who's not even playing just yet and maybe is becoming more of an intriguing option, which feels gross to say, but might be true. You've got Terrence Davis, who seems to be a little bit in the doghouse right now, not exactly performing super well so far in the bubble, including the game against the Magic. As well, you've got, uh, you know, Ronda Hellish Jefferson, who's kind of getting in there. He was kind of interesting last night. We'll talk about his role in the game against Orlando. And then there's Chris Boucher and Matt Thomas, who we've barely seen any of. Um, Chris Boucher, I'm not sure what's going on there. Maybe he just didn't come to camp in shape or whatever it was. Maybe Nick Nurse is doing what he was trying to do to the end of bench guys early in the season and inspire them to play harder or something. Been kind of uh, weird what's going on with Chris Boucher there. So right now... You know, one of the questions we talked about coming into the bubble, one of our pressing questions was, what does the sort of bench rotation look like beyond Norm and Surge? And, uh, you know, I presumed Terrence Davis was number eight. I'm not even sure of that anymore. And I thought in this game, we didn't maybe get any answers on that. But against the Magic, I do think we kind of saw Nick Nurse working to find answers. As we saw late in this game, in the third and then early in the fourth quarter, I think just as a means of getting things going in a game the Raptors were significantly up in the first half, didn't really struggle to hang on to their lead. Yes, they weren't great in the third quarter. They lost at 33-23, but they didn't seem like they were all that bothered by what the Magic were doing seemed like kind of a let's coast to victory here type of thing and let's not try too hard and overexert ourselves and I don't think there was necessarily anything uh, disturbing or alarming about the way the Raptors played last night uh, and their, pro- their margin of victory probably would have been a little bit bigger had they you know shot a little bit better from the free throw line and stuff like that they were only 21 of 30 that's a little bit uncharacteristic and so that kind of I think makes it seems like a, seem like a closer game than it actually was. It was this was not a close game the Raptors were in control start to finish no question about it and in terms of the bench I thought Nick Nurse used that lack of certain lack of uncertainty as it pertained to the end of the game to I think just kind of get that bench a little bit of run together and what better way to do it than to roll it out in the fourth quarter you know you have Rondé, Serge, Norm and Terrence Davis what better way to get those four guys going than to play a Lowry and bench lineup our old favorite which we haven't seen a ton of this year uh, in the the fourth quarter to start things out and you know it wasn't great it was kind of they played kind of even it was whatever Um, it wasn't terribly inspiring it was wasn't terribly depressing or anything like that, but I did like that Nick Nurse really seemed like he was making a concerted effort to just get those guys some run and just see if they could figure their shit out a little bit. And I think they kind of did a little bit. I mean, Norm had a decent game. He was 5 of 10, 3 of 6 from 3, so that's sort of more in line with what you expect. No assists for him in this one after 5 in the previous game, which feels more anomalous than anything else you got surge he was 5 of 11 he hit a three he was 11 and 9 you know totally fine surge game as well and not a necessarily inspiring defensive game but the orlando magic don't necessarily force you to be inspired when you play defense they're not very good so um yeah i thought the the decision to run with those guys for i think it was like six plus minutes maybe even seven minutes in the fourth quarter was a really good one by nurse just because it allowed them to play a little bit they weren't you know fearful of getting pulled off the floor they weren't in like a close tense game that mattered terribly and I think those two wins to start things off against the Lakers and Heat has really I think probably freed things up a little bit for Nick Nurse they are just like their magic number is two right now to lock up the two seed if they're really worried about that which I think you want to be considering the Sixers look like they might be the sixth seed and I don't think you want them in the first round if you can avoid them especially you know even if you think you can beat them you've got the Celtics and Sixers beating the piss out of each other for seven games in the first round that behooves the Raptors waiting there ideally in the second round after a very easy series against 
against Orlando or Brooklyn. We'll talk about that a little bit later on too. Um, but I thought the decision by Nurse to run that lineup out there was pretty good. I think we saw Norm kind of find it a little bit. Uh, and I think we really saw Rondé kind of use his, you know, limited skill set. Let's let's put it the way it is. You know, he, he certainly does a few things quite well and doesn't do other things very well. And I think what we saw in the fourth quarter last night was a lot of point Rondé, which if Rondé is going to be a part of whatever the postseason rotation is going to look like, which I don't think he is. If you're playing a lot of Ronda Hellish Jefferson in the playoff series, there's probably something that's not gone right. But I do think him having the ball in his hands, he's a pretty good passer. Getting him just going downhill in a pick and roll and seeing what he can make out of it, if you must have him out on the floor just to soak up some minutes, that might be the way to go because he really is the only non-shooter in the Raptors' top eight or nine. You know, even Patrick McCaw has hit like 36% of his threes this year or something like that. And so... I think if you can have Rondé go downhill, cause some havoc, pick up some fouls, which he did yesterday, and just sort of, you know, use the the couple skills he really has in his arsenal offensively, I think that's the best way to go. And I think it was nice to see that Nick Nurse was just like, all right, Rondé, run some possessions, do some stuff. And, you know, he didn't turn the ball over at all. He had one assist. I think he got to the line on a, on a free throw attempt as well uh, a couple times, just sort of driving and getting fouled as he was going downhill. You know, we're not going to see much Rondé in the postseason, I would assume, but considering how he played yesterday, considering the fact that you have Kyle, Fred, and Norm likely taking up the lion's share of guard minutes anyway, and also you have um, the, the fact that you can slide up and you can play OG at the two if you're going super big, I don't know if there's a need for a fourth guard to play extended minutes right now. I mean, you know, you'd like to see those minutes come down for the likes of, of Van Vliet and Lowry just in these tune-up games, but... You know, I think if you scale up Norm a little bit, he only played 22 last night. If you get him closer to 27, 28, 29, and you can kind of balance that off of Lowry and Fred in the postseason, who you would assume are going to play 38-plus each, you might not have the need there for Terrence Davis to play a ton if you really don't trust him if you're Nick Nurse. Um, you know, you, maybe you get some Patrick McCaw in, because if you're Nick Nurse, you love Patrick McCaw. But I think maybe having Rondé just sort of, sort of as like a gadgety point-forward type of guy is maybe the way to go there with the with the spot, uh, with the eight spot, considering his defense defense is much more reliable than um, the, the, the what Terrence Davis gives you. And then I think even Rondé's offense, as limited as it is, I think is much more valuable than what Patrick McCaw gives in sort of limited bench minutes where you know Patrick McCaw has the ball in his hands and he's sucking things up and he's afraid to shoot. Rondé's not afraid to shoot. He's not a good shooter, but he's not afraid to get it inside and score around the bucket either. So I thought that was a good move. That was really my only big overarching takeaway from this game because this game was kind of a drag. <laughs> you know, the Raptors go up early and then things just kind of peter out over the course of the game. It was not a terribly compelling one. It took me three different rewatches to kind of piece it all together for me. Uh, there's a reason I'm doing this podcast a little bit later on. I didn't get to catch it live and I was just sort of checking in and I saw the, the fourth quarter and then I watched the first quarter this morning and then I watched the middle quarters this afternoon. Um, yeah, just uh, and, and not a very interesting game and we'll get more into the uninteresting magic in just a little bit but first i want to tell you about my bookie say with me now sports are back baby i've been waiting for this day since march and now it's here and i've only got one thing on my mind that is my bookie my bookie is a home run slam dunk triple overtime game winning shot all wrapped up into one i love it you love it 
And that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. MyBookie has up-to-the-minute odds in your favorite teams, and with the return of sports across the board, there's never been a better time to start playing. With MyBookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, and they pay. Feel good about your team's chances this year? Make sure you check out MyBookie's World Series future bets, the NBA Finals bets, the Stanley Cups bets, all of that. Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. And you don't have to stick to just one sport. It could just be basketball, it could be baseball, it could be hockey. Why not do them all? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future. In this case, that means basketball, hockey, football, baseball, whatever it is. My bookie is already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today and my bookie will match your deposit 100% and they'll also toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter the promo code locked on NBA when signing up. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, and they pay. All right, let's take a listen in now to head coach Nick Nurse after the win last night. Here is what he saw from the Raptors' 109-99 win to move to 3 and 0 in the bubble. In that first half, when you see your team playing defense as well as it did early, what are some of the things that make you go, "Wow, okay, we're locked in right now." What do you see that makes it so effective? Well, it's, you know, it's always first about getting it set up, Doug, you know, that there's not any transition opportunities. Um, you know, so you got five, they have to play against five. And then, and then the next thing for me is how, how into the basketball are we, are we pressuring are, are there active hands, um, you know, making disruption, just, just kind of one, one-on-one disruption. And then that kind of hurt gets into the rhythm of some of the things they're trying to do and kind of goes from there. And then, then it kind of becomes a really good helping situation from there. You do seem to have a bunch of guys who like to play defense, and I don't think that's normal on a lot of NBA teams. Why does it work for your group? Well, you're right. First of all, I mean, before a pass is ever made, Doug, you gotta have some desire. You gotta have some readiness. You gotta have some anticipation. Um, you gotta have some IQ before before the ball's even started in an offensive sequence, and we got a a bunch of guys that are kind of locked in on that they 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 pay attention to the game plans they're they're basketball guys they they watch the other teams they study them they um you know they like stopping them it kind of it's kind of an interesting thing that they got going they they come to the game and they start figuring out how we're going to stop them and they they really try to make adjustments there's a lot of communications amongst them each other kind of feeds it from there thanks nick appreciate it yep next question goes to josh lewinberg from tsn hey nick what are you seeing from terrence right now he's not scoring the ball but are you seeing enough from him in the other areas of his game i mean he's playing okay josh i think that that um you know like i said before the game we're, we're, we're not finding great minutes for him uh, long stretches, um, you know, the, guy, the guys that are playing, aren't, they don't think they're playing enough either. You know, Norm and Fred and, you know, those guys all want to play more OG. So, um, you know, we're fairly healthy right now. So, it's you know, it's making it a little hard. But uh, he's fine. Terrence is fine. He just hasn't quite had a, a game where the balls come to him very often where he's been able to vault up and hit them. He's been pretty solid, Josh, on defense. You know, pretty solid. I'm pretty happy with that down there. Yeah. 
Thanks, Nick. Yep. Going next to Michael Grange from Sportsnet. Hey, Nick. Uh, how are you? I hope you're well. Um, the, uh, you guys are 3-0. Are you surprised maybe at the level of your play? Would you have anticipated this based on uh, what you'd seen you know, prior? And, uh, you know, and, and like this game on against Boston was, was kind of looming very, very low. And, and uh, you guys have kind of kind of helped yourself and made it not loom quite so large. So maybe two questions there. <laughs> uh, yeah. First of all, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Hope you're well, too. Um, I mean, I don't really know what I was expecting, Michael, coming in here. Uh, I, th- I think from from the standpoint of what would you what would you have hoped for? We were playing great at the, at the March 11th, you know, stoppage really great you know we just won four out of five convincingly on the west coast um i think four in a row um so we're just kind of hoping that the the break wouldn't you know change any of that we got a little healthier that seems to that seems to be really nice it's you know it's the third game in a row we've been actually healthy you know like some semblance of it the only guy in our rotation we're missing is pat and that's um so that's also been nice to see this group finally get a play together. I don't, uh, you probably know more than me. I think it was only two games, you know, in the first 50 that, that we had our, our top seven, eight guys. So um, I kind of forgot your third question. Well, just, uh, you know, you're three and oh, and, and you got a nice edge on Boston. Looking into that game, is it, can you kind of treat it? It's maybe it doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. Nothing really seems to have a super high level of unimportance or importance, Michael. I think we're really, we really again, we want to play, and we're going to play to win that game. We're going to play our guys, and we're going to play to win. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of what we we um, get out of bed for every day is to is to go go get them, you know. So I think. Um, whether it was a high leverage game or it's a little less leverage game, we're going to try to treat it the same from a prep standpoint and an effort standpoint. Nothing seems to have any level of unimportance or importance. That is the nihilism I love, baby, from the basketball team uh, that I like in their head coach. Uh, <laughs> that was Nick Nurse, of course, after last night's game. We are going to continue on the show in just a second. We're going to wrap up the thoughts on the Magic game. But first, uh, I want to remind people that there are so many Lockdown podcasts for you to check out, including the podcast covering the team that the Raptors play next on the schedule. The Raptors play the Boston Celtics. Celtics on Friday, go check out Locked on Celtics with John Corrales right now, or wait, do it after this podcast, do it after this one is over, go listen to Locked on Celtics with our pal John Corrales as he will have the Boston side of things ahead of that big game on Friday, or if you're Nick Nurse, that unimportant, important game on Friday. All right, let's wrap things up here on the show. A reminder that you can always find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms as well. Uh, Just going around the box score with some box score notes here on the final part of the show. Uh, Let's begin with OG Ananobi, who had 12 points. He was a team best plus 17. He was 5 of 7. He put the ball on the deck a bunch of times, spin moves, all that beautiful stuff, cutting baseline, dunking behind the back, doing the classic OG dunk, the reverse chin-up. I'm just blown away by OG right now, man. He just looks so confident 
and he looks so at ease. You know, there was a time, I think, in OG's past, you know, even this season where I think OG could get a little bit sort of ahead of himself. Like his brain moves a little bit quicker than his body is capable of. He'd kick it off his foot. He would kind of dribble himself into some trouble and he'd have to sort of, you know, pivot himself around. Maybe he gets it stolen. Maybe he gets it blocked, whatever it is. He just really seems at ease right now, and I have a lot of confidence in him getting the ball on a swing and driving and attacking, and I think, you know, we've talked about this a bunch, but the the more OG is comfortable doing that, the more I feel and we all feel as Raptors fans at ease with OG doing that, I mean, that's only going to bode well for the Raptors in the postseason because he's going to be the guy that people leave open. He's going to be the guy that people funnel things to. There will be traps of Kyle Lowry and apparently Fred Van Vliet now, who's just a freaking monster, 21 and 10 yesterday again. Um, like, those guys are going to see extra bodies. Pascal Siakam is going to see bodies in the post, and it's going to end up, I think, getting fun to OG and Marcus Gasol as well to a lesser extent, but I think you're pretty comfortable if things are going to Marcus Gasol because that guy can move the play along just fine. He's happy to take threes sometimes, most of the time, and um, I think you know having OG you know be so confident and be so refined with his uh, you know dribble game. I mean it's it's like night and day from where it was really uh, before the pause, and he's really clearly like tightened that handle and refined that a little bit, and that is a really dangerous weapon to have. So that was sort of a, a note I had from the game. I'd also, I mentioned Marc Gasol. I thought this was his best game so far in the bubble. He just looked really comfortable out there. 13.6 boards, just one assist, but um, it's so like noticeable how good the defense is when he's on the floor. Yesterday, the Raptors starting five in, in a pretty extended run had 91.1 defensive rating. Obviously, they held Orlando to 11 first quarter points. Gasol's out there for a whole bunch of that. Nikola Vucevic only really got a couple late threes to fall. He was not much of a factor in this one. Just 12 points on 4 of 10. Um, you know, he just, he sees Marc Gasol in his nightmares, and it's uh, freaking awesome. <laughs> and it's just, I, uh, I really... I was, you know, I think everyone's just kind of easing into Marc Gasol. I think Gasol is easing, easing into things here as well. He doesn't seem terribly, you know, labored to kind of, you know, ramp up and, you know, try to do too much. But I thought he looked pretty comfortable last night. And that is good news for the Raptors because Marc Gasol scaling it up to 25 minutes and hopefully beyond that once you get to the postseason is a very good thing because when he's on the floor, the other team cannot score points. And he also does a pretty damn good job of greasing the wheels on offense as well. Um, although you don't have to do much greasing of the wheels when you have Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet both with 10 assists in the game um, not another no other Raptor with more than one assist which is a pretty fun stat oddity but Lowry and Van Vliet doing just such a wonderful job uh, of just setting dudes up and you know running pick and rolls and dumping it off to dudes down low and getting it out on the run and, and getting assists that way as well they look great. Uh, really blown away with how Lowry and Van Vliet look, even though Lowry just 2 of 9 last night. And a bit of a weird game from Lowry. Like, look, we love Kyle Lowry and the the sort of edge that he plays with and the towing the line. And I just, I, last night was sort of a weird one where he almost kind of went over a little bit, uh, in particular the foul on Aaron Gordon, um, where he went up for the dunk. And, you know, Lowry, I don't think, was in good enough position to really justify trying to stop Aaron Gordon from scoring like obviously you want to foul hard if you're going to foul so there's not an end one opportunity but in that case like Lowry wasn't really even close to being in position where it was justifiable he was out of the way
away. He reached his arm back. He grabbed uh, Gordon's arm while he was in the air. And it was just like a very dangerous play. I, I you know, it's, it sucks that Gordon got hurt. Sounds like he's not too hurt. Um, and, you know, it was sort of a weird, awkward fall by Gordon as well. I'm not sure he helped himself in any way. But, I, you know, Larry, you know, doing that to a guy flying through the air, a guy who's that athletic and fast, like that is going to throw off the landing quite a bit. And I, I just I was not pleased with that. And, you know, I, I often don't understand why anyone would have a gripe with Kyle Lowry. I feel like that instance exactly right there may be why some people have a gripe with him. But that's such a rare occurrence. It was kind of shocking to see. Usually Kyle does keep it well within the line. He's not a dirty player by any means. I don't think he's ever really done anything that stands out to me as being dirty. He just you know, he plays with an edge. And this was an example of him, I think, going a little bit overboard and just kind of a little bit too cheeky for his own good and uh but shout out to him uh, Aaron Gordon called him a bitch and uh, he ca- he countered back with my room number is 836 which is amazing uh <laughs> shout out to Kyle Lowry let's all order him presents to room 36 836 of whatever hotel they're staying in I can't remember um either way like the point guards looking as good as they do is extremely extremely good and lastly Pascal Siakam last night like not incredible by any means just 15 points six boards uh I don't think he was like hunting for his spots and I think he was kind of okay to just kind of hang out and he was content to be sort of a secondary part of the offense there wasn't really a primary part of the offense in this one it was a very egalitarian game because again I don't think they were really you know worried about where they were getting their buckets from the Magic weren't offering a ton of resistance at least in that first half and uh you know the Raptors were totally totally fine and and they didn't really need to call on Siakam for his usual crunch time eight points or anything like that um he had seven turnovers in this one though which is a little bit concerning considering uh, you know he had one assist I think he's been kind of working through the playmaking stuff a little bit so far in the lead up here in these three games thought he was really good against the Lakers and against the Heat in terms of not turning it over passing to the doubles not getting a ton of assists out of it but um they also haven't been asking him to run much like they've had Fred and Kyle with the ball in their hand more often than not and you're not getting a lot of opportunity for Siakam to post up or for him to ISO and or run pick and rolls as the ball handler. It's been a little bit sort of skewed towards the backcourt, which totally fine because you're comfortable with Kyle and Fred running stuff. I wonder if we might see that sort of flip in future games here as they lead up and the seeding seems to be locked up. Maybe they have Siakam take on a little bit more ball handling burden just to kind of get those reps in. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. I'm okay with some growing pains and turnovers, whatever. Um, They're going to be the two seed. I'm not too terribly worried about it. And that brings me to my final point. I'm so sick of the freaking magic, man. They're just, as much as I love Terrence Ross, who uh, tied for the lead in points last night for the Orlando Magic with uh, with 15 points, I just, I am so rooting for the weirdo Nets, who I also despise, but are just like far more interesting to me as a playoff opponent than the Magic. No Jonathan Isaac, obviously that is terrible and that sucks if you are the Magic and a Magic fan. He's kind of the future of your franchise and things seem very murky with him right now. That sucks. But in terms of just the matchup itself, I have so little time to watch the Magic. I, I don't understand the interest in them. Yes, Markel Fultz is somewhat interesting, um, but like I don't know how you could be like excited about the idea of another playoff series against them. Obviously, you just want something fresh and new, but I like if it was an interesting Magic team, even last year's Magic team, 
just sort of brought back again and doing the same thing, I might be more compelled, but they are not interesting whatsoever. I think they just, they don't fit. They still don't fit. They need to move some dudes out and bring some dudes in. Evan Fournier is not an interesting opposing guy to have to foil as the leading offensive player. Just uh, no thanks to the Magic for me. And right now they're actually behind the nets for that uh, seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. And hopefully they can hang on to it. I do believe the Magic and Nets play each other, so that could decide who the Raptors end up playing. Um, either way, I'm not terribly concerned about either of those matchups. I think the Raptors will win in four or five games at the at the most uh, if they come across either Brooklyn or Orlando. Brooklyn might be an easier matchup just because they're so depleted, but um, and like the Magic can play defense <laughs> and have like some NBA players. But if uh, the Magic fall to eight, I will not be in the slightest disappointed with that because uh, I love to say fuck Brooklyn and all that good stuff if Brooklyn were to be the team the Raptors come across in the first round. And also, they're just far more compelling. They have Jamal Crawford. That's that's the clincher for me anyway. Uh, Magic could go get Jamal Crawford, and then maybe we can talk next year. I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will wrap it there. I'm going to have two episodes coming out over the next couple days after no episode on Wednesday. On Friday, I'm going to do a mailbag with Katie Heindel. That's going to drop sometime in the mid-afternoon before the tip of the Celtics game. And then I'm going to do a podcast after the Celtics game that'll drop Saturday morning. And joining me on that podcast as I record this podcast from my parents' house will be my mother who uh, I finally have gotten to hug for the first time in a very long time as we're now uh, bubbling up together, and it's great. And uh, she's going to be on the podcast. She's a huge Raptors fan. I've talked about her before. She's she's still learning the rules. Today I had to explain to her um, the difference between a flagrant foul and a regular foul. She wasn't sure what a personal foul was. It was freaking adorable. We're going to talk about the Celtics game, and I'm hopefully going to entice her to slander the Celtics as much as I do. Uh, it can be a nice mother-son thing. So she's going to be on the podcast, my mom, after uh, the Celtics game tomorrow for the reaction show, and that will go up on Saturday morning. So I hope you enjoy that. I hope you've enjoyed this one, and we will talk to you again on Friday afternoon with a mailbag episode of Locked On Raptors with Katie Heindel. Till then, uh, subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean, of course. And uh, that'll do it. We'll talk to you again on Friday with another episode of Locked On Raptors.